most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Hey, everybody, welcome in. Another edition of King and Foster on NRM Streamcast. Tom Asaway, babysitting in the studios in Farmington, Terry on location. Jimmy coming up in just a couple of minutes. T. Foss, how are you, my friend? All right, so back in the basement. Happy to be here. Good to see you. You're looking good today, man. Indoors. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Why are you indoors today? You afraid of a storm or something? Uh, it's a little cloudy around here, so I don't want to get the computer wet. That's a good I don't want to mess up my equipment, man. That's all I got. That's a good move. We'll hear from Jimmy in a minute when I see his face pop up on the screen. But I guess I'll start with you, uh, Terry. And I know uh, by now everyone knows about uh, our friend Jamie Samuelson passing away uh, after uh, two years of having colon cancer. I real I did not realize how bad it was when he had it. I guess he, obviously he kept it private. And, uh, oh, there's Jimmy, by the way. Jimmy, we'll say hi to you. What's up, my friend? Jimmy's frozen. He's frozen again. He's frozen again. So we'll, we'll, we'll worry about him in a minute. But uh, you worked with Jamie a lot more than I did. But, of course, I ran into him at every game as well. It's such a good man. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't real tight with Jamie like he was with Stoney and Wojo and some of those other guys. But uh, we had a friendly relationship. And, uh, you know, everything they say about him is, is true. Nice guy, a gentleman, very smart. Um, you know, you can't say a bad thing about him. Even if he was alive, I couldn't find anything bad to say about him. He was just one of those guys. But um, the thing I find interesting is that the outpouring of love that he got, not only from people from 97.1, but from the community also. And it just shows that, even though Detroit, Metro Detroit, is a big city, it's also a small city in a way because we embrace people that um, are close to us. We embrace our athletes. We embrace our media members. And I kind of wonder, is this the same in other towns where, um, you know, when you go out, people scream your name, what's going on, they want to know. They feel that they know you because yep. um, you're on radio, you're on TV. And to the community, it's like they lost a relative because Jamie was that close to people in the community. He always liked to reach out to them and write them and talk to them. He cared about the general public, which everybody in our business isn't like that. Well, you wrote a nice, you wrote a great blog the other day about him and being a family man and being a dad. And we could all relate to that. Most of us can. You can. I can. That's number one uh, for our, in our lives, and to hear the, to read that story that Wojo put out uh, really it hit me in the gut. You know, he's laying there with his kids, and the the guys are coming over to say hi to him and say goodbye to him, and I, I just it just got to me that his kids are laying with their dad, and he's going to pass away, and it just that just broke me. Yeah, and that's such an early age too. I mean, forty eight is young. Um, you know, that, that, that it was a tragedy, but those kids and I, and I met two of the three, Carolyn and Josh, that is what hit me the most is the children. Yeah, I mean, of course. they're still teenagers. They're still young. 
They love their dad. Their dad loves them. They did so many things together. And now that part of your life is gone. And uh, to me, that was the greatest tragedy. I hated seeing Joe. But more than that, I hated the fact that his children were going to be without a dad for the rest of their lives. And that, that's the, that was the toughest part for me. Of course. I, I'm lucky. I have, I have my dad still in my life. He was my best man at my wedding. He lives in New Jersey. I live here. I've been here for 27 years. So I haven't seen my family steadily for 27 years, and it, and it hurts. But I'm lucky enough to be able to still be able to call him. I'm going to go home and see him here tomorrow and go to the racetrack with him, God willing, on, on Saturday if everything goes well. And my wife, on the other hand, lost her dad when she was 11 years old. And you know, and her brother was was thirteen. So it's it's hard, man. To, we are important. Fathers are important. I know mothers are number one, but fathers are important as well. Right, because we do the fun things. Moms do the disciplinary things, and they're not always love. But at the end, moms love more than dad. We're the fun guys. We're the toys. <laughs> we're all this kind of stuff. So people kind of like it. Or at least they do. Kids do. There's another father. Uh, he's on the phone line because his picture's frozen. His name is Jimmy King. Jimmy joins us on the on the hotline. What's up, J.K.? Hey, Jimmy, you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Barely. We can barely hear you. Can you hear me? We can hear you. We can hear you now. How you doing, man? Okay. Good, good. How are you guys? How y'all doing today? Good. We were just uh, talking about our friend Jamie Samuelson, who we lost a couple of days ago. Yeah, I heard. I saw the um, the reports coming out of Detroit. I didn't know. Um, I heard you guys speaking about you know not knowing um, that he was even sick. I had a um, a good friend of mine, I consider you know a uh, brother of mine, same you know kind of circumstance passed earlier this year. It's just you know it's a choice. We got to respect sometimes that you know they want to you know kind of fight through the thing um, uh, in, in private and with their family and friends. So, you know, we got to respect it. Um, it's tragic. Um, obviously, you know, like the effects it's going to have on his children and uh, the rest of the family for the rest of their lives. But, um, you, know, I, you know, at this point, they just, I think it's incumbent upon the family to uh, make sure that his memory lives on. Um, particularly, you know, um, with his kids, that they remember their father and the joy that they, that that he brought down. Terry was talking about Terry was talking about Detroit, such a big town, but yet really a small town because of the way we we take our uh, you know celebrities, our our local celebrities, our our athletes, how we fall in love with them as well. Do you feel the same way about Detroit? Absolutely. Detroit is like no other when it comes to Maybe, you know, maybe Philly as far as brotherly love because it's the city of brotherly love. But um, one thing you notice when you come to Detroit is the love for each other that they have for the people who are from the area and people who represent the area. Um, being a, uh, a Detroiter uh, transplant, I spent more time in Detroit than I've spent anywhere in my life. And, you know, I'm proud to say I'm originally from South Bend, Indiana, by way of Dallas or Plano, Texas, but the majority of my life I've spent in Detroit, and I know what it's like to be embraced by 
um, Detroiters or from people from the Midwest in that area. It's just a different um, type of brotherly love and a family love that uh, I think you get um, when you are part of that Detroit community um, that you don't get anywhere else. Go ahead, Terry. You know, I thought uh, I read Wojo's column about Jamie and and, uh, talking to Wojo. There was something interesting that uh, Jamie and Wojo talked about that I went through, too. When I was sick a few years ago, I had a, I don't know if it was an epiphany or something. I'm laying up in the hospital bed not knowing what's happening. And it went through my mind. Did my career matter in Detroit? Would people remember some of the things I did? Was it important? Was it impactful? Did I make a difference? And at that time, it made uh, it, it made a lot of. It was important to me when I was sick, and I I just so badly wanted to know that I made an impact. And then I debated it and and thought maybe I didn't make enough of an impact. And you kind of think about that. And uh, mm-hmm. but when you're in the grind, when you're actually working, you don't think about things like that because. You're in the grind. You're you're doing your next radio show. You're preparing for your next radio show, or your next column, or your next thing. So you're kind of in the grind, and you're not thinking about the bigger picture. But when you have too much time to think, when your body and your health is in trouble, you do think about that. And I know Jamie thought about that too. And I think we both had the the same thought that we question whether we mattered enough in this area and this community so i just thought that was very interesting too because i it went is. through the same mindset it is but i think it only matters to be honest with you if how important you are to your family to be that's that should be number one and i know we think of this as the be all end all it's our career it's what we have done you know i've been doing this since 1996 and it's part of me and for it to be taken away like it's been taken away a few times in my run, it hurts. It really hurts deep. I don't know I don't know what it is about this damn business. You know, there's guys that make a lot more money than me. There's a lot there's guys that make a lot more money than radio guys and than T V guys. You, you know you think everyone is like a millionaire the minute they're on a radio or if, if they're on TV. And in fact, that's the opposite usually. But we don't care because we love it so much. And it was like I was never going to work a day in my life. That's that's the way I wanted to run my life. Yeah, it's like uh, well, we missed out on the the, the big golden money. ticket. Yeah, uh, television, <laughs> radio. I mean, that was like fifteen years before us. It was. And some of the the people who were like 10, 15 years older than us. They got the big money. They did. And then everybody assumed that we got it too, but it was pretty much dried up by then. So, um, it's a it's a tough business. Everybody in this business gets fired. Everybody. So don't don't take it the wrong way, Maz. Don't be. No, of course we not. All think, we all think we are contributors. We, we all have pride in our work. And uh, it, it is taken away from you at some point. Um, mine was taken away mostly because of health. But I was bought out by the Detroit News. When you get a certain age in this business and you make too much money, they're calling you up, wanting to know, can you take a buyout? No doubt. No I doubt. I didn't take it personally. That's just the business of it, and you're gone. But um, um, but I, I just you, – you don't want to die when you're in the hot seat. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Jamie 
said before he died was everybody get a colonoscopy. And I've, I've had two and uh, one really saved me. I didn't have cancer, but uh, I was anemic and my blood levels were getting low. So I had a, a, a colonoscopy and something called a uh, in, endoscopy or in, in something okay. like that, where they stick a tube down your throat into your small intestines. What they found out was that um, I was bleeding from my uh, large intestine. Wow. And if I had let that go, I would have had stomach pains. I would have had some serious problems. I would have died. Wow. That would have been the way that I would have gone left this world. But they caught it early. I was going to the doctors regularly. They caught something where it was no pain, but it was just showing that my blood levels were low. So they checked it out with a colonoscopy and an endoscopy and caught it. And, and, the, the, and here's what I had to do. All I had to do was something very simple. Take iron pills. Uh, eat more blueberries, and I had to eat something else. I can't remember what it is, but I don't eat it anymore. But that's all <laughs> I had to do: change my diet and take iron pills. Now, You're my Iron last Man. Checkup, yes, I'm the Iron Man. But the check last checkup, everything is normal now. That's great. So I didn't have to go through the pain. I didn't have to go through the suffering. I just had to change my diet, take some pills, and I'm that's good. Great. You're listening to King and Foster here uh, on NRM Streamcast. Terry Foster, Jimmy King, Tom Mazaway here. Hey guys, what are you? How you like? How you digging the NBA right now? Lakers locked up the number one seed. Uh, Anthony Davis, forty-two points, twelve boards the other night. LeBron, twenty-two points. Zion, twenty-nine minutes. Uh, Pelicans first two games. Pelicans are two and a half out of the last spot as well. So how you thinking? All this is coming together. The East. That's all done. One through eight is, is almost locked up already. But in the West, there's like five teams fighting for two spots. Well, I like that. I'm a- um, but I can't wait for the playoffs to begin. So the, to me, this is there's no structure. They're just playing games. This almost reminds me of AAU, covering an AAU tournament or watching an AAU tournament. They're kind of playing games. Nothing is really being determined. Because you're not playing for home court advantage, you're not playing. You're playing for, for a lot seeds, seeding. Well, so what? Well, you play. It depends what? who you play, Terry. One versus eight. Would you rather play the Lakers or would you rather play uh, the Jazz? It doesn't mean as much. Uh, okay. I don't care if I have to play the Lakers, the Clippers. They're both going to be tough. Um, so if I'm the Lakers or the Clippers, I. I I deserve home court advantage. I deserve an advantage over, you know, a team. I don't think it really matters that much if you're playing the seventh or the eighth team, um, but the home court means a lot. You don't have that. So to me, it's the AAU tournament. I'm not really getting into it now. Just like in the NHL, I'm confused about <laughs> what they're doing right now. I can tell you. Actually- I can fill you in on how the NHL is working. Here's how the NHL is working. There are eight okay. teams playing right now in a best okay. of five in a best of five series. The survivors of those eight teams will then play against the other eight teams that are already in the playoffs. They already locked it up. So it's basically they're just eliminating the bottom eight to play so there's only sixteen teams left. 
Then they will play, I think, a best of five against each other, and then a best of seven, and then another best of seven to win it all. That's how the NHL is going. So Carolina, they're beating the Rangers 2-0. Islanders are winning 2-0, so on and so forth. So once those other teams get eliminated, then it's the first round of the playoffs, believe it or not, although it'll be really the second round. Describe that. Pardon? Idiotic. Yeah, what can I, I tell you? I want one word describe it, idiotic. Absolutely no. You know, y'all here, here y'all go again. Here y'all non-fans <laughs> go again. Y'all keep claiming y'all fans. Let the guys get back into the, the, the swing of things. You got to play yourself into it. I'm looking at the bodies of some of these players. They are not in shape yet. I'm looking at how they move. They're being very cautious uh, at this point to avoid injury. Um, they. They're not willing to uh, put bodies on each other as much. <laughs> They're kind of keeping their social distancing while playing. But um, as it continues to adjust, I'm just happy seeing them back on the court, happy seeing some highlights here and there. Uh, the game does look completely and feels completely different. Um, and, and, and the way that the, the playoffs and everything is uh, designed, um, it's it, like, you know, Terry says, it really doesn't matter. There's no home court advantage. Uh, there's no crowd, uh, uh, issues or, 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 or factors. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. I just want to see the game and guys out there, you know, really having fun. Cause that gives me hope that we will have some sort of semblance of sports as we know it pretty soon does it bother you jimmy that they're not playing defense it does bother me it really Man. does <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's hard to watch it really is but it at least they're out there um i love the game so i love watching it but yes it, 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 that's why i pointed out that you could tell that they're they're still hesitant to uh to 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 do hard closeouts or even uh, put bodies on people at certain moments. I saw Zion walk down, and um, he was inside of College Three. He didn't even look to shoot. Defender was five feet from him. Um, the other guard, who was he was supposed to do the pick and roll with, was ten feet away. It was it was weird. It was a weird play, and I remember looking at it, and I was uh, watching it with a couple of friends of mine, and and I was like, see. I don't know what's going on because I'm not in practice. I don't know what they're telling them um, or what their mindset is right now. But I can tell you, after thousands of hours of watching film, if I was a coach and I was breaking that play down right there, there's a billion things wrong with it. But I don't know how they're being coached or being taught or encouraged to play at this point. So... As it shakes out and it continues to uh, uh, develop, we'll see. But right now, no, I don't like. I don't like what I'm seeing. Here's this, guys: the, the games are more high scoring, and like you said, they're not playing as much defense yet. But the players are liking 
this arena because they say it's an easier shot for them, Jimmy. They say there's no one blocking them. There's no crowd away. They know exactly right. where they got to be on the court. So the right. other day, T.J. Warren got 43 points. 40, excuse me, 53 points the other day in the Pacers game. He's averaging 43 and a half points right now. Now, remember what we discussed a while back. I said there's going to be players that are going to have great career games just because of that reason. Because there won't be any cameras flashing. There won't right. be any popcorn popping. There won't be any fans cheering or yelling or detracting from what they're doing. Or no cheerleaders to look doing. at. Yeah, so it's going to be, you're going to have players that are going to have games like that. And just wait till someone has a 100-point game. Keep talking like no one's going to have a 100-point game. Mm-hmm. Again, but in this environment, you get another Kobe Bryant or LeBron James or a Michael Jordan, you're going to get somebody who's going to get over 100 points. Probably right. I'm waiting for it. But, uh, you know, I think what coaches are telling their players, let's work on our, let's work on our sets. But don't kill yourselves because now is not the time to go all out. Because one thing that we don't factor in when you go into a NBA season is it, it becomes mentally taxing. And I think now when you're just kind of playing games, there's no need to wear down mentally right now. So you're just kind of playing ball, hoping to win. But wins, these wins don't mean as much as they do um, uh, normally. I mean, it just, you know, you're not playing for home court. You're not playing for a lot of things. And so, I, to me, you're just playing ball. This is like glorified mm-hmm. YMCA A-A-U. ball. Yeah, AAU. Absolutely. I agree. The aesthetics yeah. are AAU style. AAU-ish. Jimmy, you wish you – I want to wish – I want to hope uh, – Jimmy, would you like another crack at this game right now as it's as it sits? Absolutely. Nobody's playing defense right now. I would I would I would I would breeze on everybody. I would touch everybody. Every time somebody come in my vicinity, I'm gonna touch them. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch them. Especially I'm gonna do my research. I'm gonna find out the ones who uh who are who, who would want or who would be affected most by this and I'm gonna play mental games with every single one of them. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a game within the game. I dig it. I'm going to the basket. Every time I get scratched, I'm not coming out the game. They're going to have to force me out. Like, I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I'd pay to yeah. see that. Yeah, exactly. I, I That's my point. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you. I, I will be that guy that will be out there entertaining. They'll Amen. be like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I love it. I'm going all out. I love that. You'll be that little, yeah, like, a gnat. You're like a gnat. You're like a gnat. Exactly. You're going to be the guy that caused me to retire from playing basketball at the YMCA. <laughs> now, one time, you know, I was playing the YMCA, and this there was this guy. He had on elbow pads, knee pads, <laughs> a headband. And uh, oh, head so they're like, okay. uh, yeah, so they're like, look. And I just, I just pointed. I said, "I'm not guarding this guy." So I left because <laughs> I knew yeah, you never, it's never guarding a guy man. with elbow pads. You never guard. Him. I was nor, out, nor out do you guard the guy with the. Nor do you guard the guy with the Kurt Rambis goggles. That's you never, it. You never right. guard those right. guys. You know who the original Kurt Rambis was in my day? Phil Jackson. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was all elbows you mean, and you knees. Mean the shirt. 
You mean the you mean the shirt hanger? You got it. He always looked like he got a. He always looked like he wearing a. Those shoulders. Yeah, those shoulders. <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, Jenny Bus fell for him. He must have been good somewhere doing something. Sure indeed. And Jenny, Jenny is a very attractive young lady. You're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so what else you like about the sports going on right now, fellas? We only got a couple of minutes here, so what's your take? I like take? the fact that they're actually playing baseball, but I'm not sure how long that's going to last. It looks like, they're, looks like they're playing through it, Terry. It looks like they're playing through it. Not the Tigers. They get the week off. I know. They got a few days off. The Cardinals are uh, went out and uh, did a couple of uh, whatever they did. Yadi Molina let them out, and they went to a casino, I think, and went out for dinner, and, well, they got careless. And 13, yeah, but we have to go 13 back. players. Excuse me, Our seven and six. Team, you know, sports is supposed to mean so much to these guys. Their their sport is supposed to mean so much. The, the, the paychecks, the, the glamour, and all this kind of stuff. And then you go out and clown. It obviously – doesn't mean as much as they let you on and they're yeah. not as professional as they claim to be so that's the thing that disappoints me but it doesn't surprise me that it's happened in baseball right you know why why you appreciate this jimmy the asshole factor in baseball is higher <laughs> than in other sports they're the ones <laughs> I, I want. nothing's gonna happen to me um, I'm going to get paid. Over so. football players? Over football players. Come Baseball. On. Oh, no, no, man. It's not even close. Hey. If you. Hold on. What? S- save it for the next show. We will talk about this. I'm going to debate you on this one. All right. More King and Foster. Don't go anywhere, guys. More King and Foster coming up right here on NRM Streamcast. Tom Azaway in the studio. Jimmy King and Terry Foster right here as well. Keep it here on NRM Streamcast.